Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit Recovery. This is the series where we explore various methods of recovery, giving you our thoughts and bringing you the latest scientific data as well. This week we talk about active recovery, which is something we've often mentioned throughout the series, but now it's time to give it an episode of its own. So normally I'd have asked my Instagram followers about active recovery and got some of their thoughts. However, this week I basically forgot. Um, it's been pretty hectic with us launching Train Primal's one-to-one coaching service and trying to kind of uh, regroup after the departure of Andy from both the podcast and the Primal team. Still, they've got loads of exciting stuff happening behind the scenes with new coaches joining uh, and a brand new website being built. It's honestly a really, really good time to join our team. So if you check out the show notes down below, there's details on how you can do just that. This leads me on to say that this is the first episode of just me and Tom. I mean, we've been doing this for, what is it, nearly a year now, uh, and it's always been at least three of us. So it was slightly strange, to be honest, but we'll uh, we'll power on, so uh, please bear with us. We've got loads of exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks, so it's still going to feel familiar going forward. So with all that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Hello. I mean, I don't know how to start the episodes anymore, Tom. Last week I had to change it because we had a woman on the podcast. And this week I normally say hello, boys, but it's, it's not boys anymore. It's just, it's just you. Right. Hello, first Tom. Of, first of all, you, you had to change it because there was a woman on the show. Could you have not, you know, said that in any more of an offensive way? So, oh, <laughs> what do you, you mean know, offensive? Well, you know, it just sounded offensive, didn't it? Like, oh, we had to, you know, it's different because we had a woman on board last time. Not, not oh, you know, we had a different guest on last time. It was like, oh, it was a woman. I can't believe it was a woman on our podcast. And we had you're to deal with that. You're making it sound a lot worse. Well, you're making it sound a lot worse than what I said. But Language but yeah. matters, young man. Ma- it language does, matters. Right. It does. And since it's just me and you now. Hang on, we- hang on. Did you, did you just assume my age, young yeah, man? How dare you? Well, well, what age do you kind of recognise yourself as? Well, I don't know. It changes from day to day. Depending on how you feel. It's like an RPE system. Today, I feel like I'm in my 20s. Yeah. I mean, since if, even when I was in my 20s, I was always in my 50s. If we're going off the RPE scale, you know, I've ripped myself off at the age of 16, mate. I hit 16. <laughs> 16. And after that, I just kind Not of had that. Yet. Yeah, I just had that epiphany where I was like, do you know, it's all downhill from here. I'm fucked. And now I'm just trudging along. So, yeah, this is going to be positive. What a great start to the podcast. We're going to make it even more positive. We, we, I suppose we should address the elephant in the room for people who haven't listened to our last episode or if they're just like, some people might be powering through the recovery series or just wanting to listen to this one in particular. Um, if you listen to some other ones, you might be aware we had Andy as a co-host. He is no longer on the podcast. He's decided to step away for his own reasons, which uh, we fully support. He might be back on in the future. Who knows? Um, time will tell. But at the moment, it's just going to be me and Tom powering on. However, in the next few weeks, we've got loads of guests lined up, so it won't be just me and Tom. Yeah, be, we have, we've got plenty of friends along the way. I mean, you know, we wish Andy all the best. I mean, as Andy has said in the past on podcasts, sometimes our life workload increases, which means that sometimes we have to step away and, you know, concentrate on things like family and work, etc. And, you know, we wish him the best of luck and there's always an open seat if he ever does decide to come back. But until then, it's just going to be me and Bill. It's going to be like the Magnificent Seven, except there's only two of us. It's going to be... So nothing like the Magnificent Seven. It's going to be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, except it's just Snow White and the One Dwarf. And I'm probably the Dwarf because I'm vertically challenged. (laughs) It's going to be the Dirty Dozen, but it's just going to be two of us. Brilliant. It is Too Fast, Too Furious. It is Tango and Cash, Starsky and Hutch, Ike and Tina. It's Tom and Bill. TB 
Like tuberculosis. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> BT, British Telecom. British Telecom. Well, what do you want to go? What, what, what's worse, tuberculosis or British Telecom? Because to be fair, BT are pretty shit. It's a bit of an even match yeah. here in regards to what's the most negative. I think I'll stick to being Snow White, mate. Yeah, fair enough. And I'll be Stumpy. Was Stumpy Stump- one of the dwarfs? I don't even know. I don't know. Probably was. Um, it was Sneezy, Sleazy, um, Droopy, Fruity. <laughs> I def- um, that definitely wasn't one. <laughs> Lippy. Lippy was one called Lippy. I don't think so. I don't know, but that would have been a good one. Anyway, let's let's move on with the uh, with the, with the podcast. So, uh, another recovery episode. Uh, we're going to be wrap- this series is going to be rounding up pretty soon. So we've got active recovery today, and then the next one after this will probably be our finale. Whereas we've got someone on, uh, really really cool guest. Um, he's basically someone who went through quite a lot of medical uh, scares. Still is going through some medical stuff, but still powers on. And um, he's going to talk to us about how he's recovered from all of those. That'll be in the next few weeks. But today we're talking about a recovery method we've probably mentioned quite a few times in the series. Um, which is active recovery. So what, what is active recovery? So we can, the, it's quite difficult to define because a lot of people um, look at active recovery in different ways. For example, if you look at certain crosser athletes, I've seen it numerous times where they'll be like, oh, active recovery Wednesdays. And next thing you know, they're doing a 20-minute EMOM of muscle ups mm. and a salt bike. And I'm like, I mean, I, I mean, they're only doing 20 minutes work, but that is very, very high intense. <laughs> I, I know who you're talking about. But you know we're not oh, going to mention any names. Yeah. Well, we don't. Yeah, we don't name people. We're to very be, professional. To be um, fair, to be fair, I've known people, and I'm not going to name their names because we are supposed to be professional. Where basically their active recovery is turned into like a GBT session, you know, German volume training. But I mean, uh, the best way to describe active recovery is basically it's low intensity exercise. It doesn't matter whether that exercise comes from walking, swimming, cycling, dogging. Professional. <laughs> yeah, professional. Uh, you know, like, even, but like, one thing that did surprise me as well, that even some form of resistance training could be considered active recovery as well. I know we're going to go yeah, into that later on. That. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, so we kind of said that what, what it's not supposed to be, I mean, what active recovery is supposed to be, it's supposed to be like a light, very, very light sort of um, movement. Um, I mean, we normally refer it to things like a long walk or a very slow jog, maybe a light swim, getting on a static bike or even a normal bike and just taking it very easy. But the problem is people seem to, because sometimes your body will feel recovered. Like you might be, you might feel like, oh, okay, I actually feel quite good today. But actually your body does need to rest to recover, but you feel good. So you decide instead of going for a light uh, jog like you were going to, you then decide to do a 10K best ever. Um, and you feel, and, and that, that's where people start to slip with active recovery. Um, that's probably why it's not, it's not as common as you think, is it? A lot of people don't tend to... We're coming to why, but we don't think mm. people do it. But it's not... It's More people seem to whack out the foam rollers or get on the mat and start stretching off or, you know, whack out all sorts of to- funky tools and stuff over going for, a, going for a walk. Well, they're too busy, mate, with their massage guns. Oh, there you go. Oh you, got a new, oh, you got one, didn't you? Yeah, but I've never really used one before, so I don't know how to do it. I don't do it like it. Oh fucking hell. Oh, fuck. <laughs> did you hear that? Fucking hell. That, yeah. Oh. I mean, that was... That and I've got to turn off this... Do my bollocks in. Jesus Christ. All right, mate. I did that for a bit of a giggle, but that actually really fucking hurt. And it's just well, yeah, my it's head like, in. You're your skull, mate. You don't... That was like a jack... <laughs> did you see the recoil? Yeah. It bounced me halfway across the room. Jesus have you, Christ. Have you found using your massage gun? Has it, has it been effective? Uh, knocking me out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, do you know what? I... I am enjoying it. I am secretly enjoying it. I am a secret lemonade drinker. I am a secret, you know, 
myofascial release man now. Uh, but no, I mean, just in the evening, like I've been kind of like, my hammies tend to get absolutely mullered after deadlifting. So I've just been kind of laying in bed, pleasuring myself with my vibration gun. Nice. Yeah. Um, for but our audio I'm, listeners, he's definitely still holding up the Theragun. He's not pulled out some sort yeah, of... Yeah, uh, I definitely am. I mean, I could do the sound effects. that make it even worse. I mean, that's the fucking hell, mate. It's pretty brutal, ain't like, it? Should we do it on the high mate, power setting? <laughs> well, that but, sounded I mean, like some sort of alien spaceship. I mean, uh, but getting back onto the topic, like, so what you kind of said there about how most people... Jesus Christ, that's really come up with a lump on my head, hasn't it? Fucking hell. <laughs> I've absolutely battered myself on here. We're seven minutes into the episode. Just and I've nearly knocked my fucking self concussion. out. I know. You might see like a, an actual live uh, <laughs> a live faint in here. But I mean, no, um, kind of as you said, like people do tend to kind of go wrong with active recovery a lot of the time. Now, the thing about active recovery is that it's, in my opinion, it's very individualized. You know, it depends on the person. So, for example, like when we go way back when I used to actually run, you know, when I was actually fit, I could do a two-mile run on my off day and that would be considered active recovery for me back then, going a couple of years back. Now, if I was trying to do a two-mile run now, I'd be fucked. <laughs> but, you know, it's very it's, it's individualised. So, for one person, their form of active, reco- active recovery may be too much for another person. Okay. But at the same time... Someone else's active recovery might be, you know, too little for someone else. Does that yeah. kind of make sense? It's, it's individualized, yeah. I'll yeah. yeah, Then I think there is a point. There is a point when they are when it is too much. Like someone might say, "Well, this is individual yeah. to me." But as I said, if you're doing muscle ups and you know sprints on a assault bike for uh, active recovery, that doesn't sound very. Um... No, I mean, look, a fucking muscle up by itself. No one ever says, "Oh yeah, that muscle up was a, an RPE of two. No. You know, a muscle-up is a freaking difficult thing to do no matter how, you know, mm. strong you are or how technical you are as well at it, yeah. you know. I've never known someone to go, yeah, that was a nice, easy muscle-up. It's freaking exerting. Oh, this is just CrossFit though, isn't it, mate? It's got to different. I just said freaking. This is I a freaking Minecraft server. I've said, if we check, Andy's gone, we've become more PC. As I said, mate, you know, we are, we are, a, we are a nice Christian, you know, podcast now we say freaking we don't say fucking i feel like you're just assaulting christians at the exact same time as like so and minecraft and so my, i said a christian minecraft, minecraft server where we're not allowed <laughs> to swear you say what the freak <laughs> anyway what sort of um do you actually do, do active recovery then person what's your routine look like in terms of that do, do you do any or yeah, mate. I mean, uh, oh, fuck it. First of all, how red has that gone? Jesus Christ. Ooh, my head is absolutely pounding after that. <laughs> this is almost as worse as the time I was actually drinking alcohol before the Nocebo podcast and forgot I half the things that, yeah. I wanted to talk about. You remember it. I don't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I've kind of mentioned it on the podcast before, but basically my active recovery is just simply walking. It's just simply walking. Um, whenever I finish a workout, very rarely do I drive home afterwards. You know how you get some people where they'll finish a workout and they'll hop on the treadmill afterwards or they'll hop on the spin bike? That's absolutely fine. There's nothing against that. It's just that due to social and economic problems, time is a barrier. So I kind of yeah. just combine my walk home with my active recovery. And on my off days, 
on my rest days, admittedly, depending on how my fitness levels are at the time, on my off day, I'll go for a run. You know, that would count as my GPP anyway. Um, but like, if I, even if I don't run, I'll still go for a lengthy walk. A lengthy walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. for some oh, people, yeah. my my walks. You know, I do go for a long walk pretty much every day. Now, for some people, that might be considered, you know, a lot of exercise for them. It might not be considered their active recovery because the mileage might be too much for them. But for me, because it's individualized to me, for me, it's active recovery. Mm, I get you. Uh, so, so for me, I kind of, my training week is, I'll do five days of training and I'll have two days off. And what I normally have one of those is active recovery. So normally the way I work it is, I'll come into the gym and I'll jump onto a, a static bike, so like a what bike or something, and I'll just yeah. put a podcast on and I'll just sort of pedal. I'll, I'll basically pedal to um, very low intensity. If I what, if I ever get to a point, well, what, what podcast you listen to? Uh, what do I listen to? Yeah, would you better say our podcast, you narcissist? Uh, no, you don't listen to. A, I bet you have a compilation where it's just your voice. Right. <laughs> you cut just out me. everything else except just your own voice. <laughs> That's on the Patreon page. Um, yeah. No, but, ASMR but, uh, bill. I, uh, but no, I, I do actually listen to our own podcast because our content is that good. But no, not on my, on my active recovery days. I normally listen to... Um, I normally God, listen these to, guys uh, know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Stronger by Science is what I listen to. And a more comedic one I listen to is the Peter Crouch podcast. That's normally what I go to. Um, so there's some good recommendations there if you're looking for a new one. But you better not be. You better not leave us for them too, or I'll be very upset for um, but I know we listen to a podcast. Uh, I spend about 45 minutes maybe tops. But if I get bored, I just get off, to be honest. Um, but after exercise, now this is where it gets interesting. I normally don't do anything, if I'm being honest. My my recovery is walking from the gym back to my um, accommodation, which on, on a, a military barracks, it's kind of, it's not very far. I mean, I don't have to walk very, it takes me like a, few, a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. So, but oh, we're, right, we're but coming to what the actual... That might oh, just was, that might be just enough as we'll as we'll kind of go into later. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't. Th- I know what you're talking about numbers wise, but it's not what I'm doing is probably not enough to get that. But if I feel really beat up, um, if I do like a really hard workout, I might get on a bike for a little bit. But the only time I really do active recovery is on my rest day, that one rest day, because I do yeah. think it's important to have that um, a one day of rest where you do nothing. Uh, you might do like a, a walk with a dog or something, but I mean like where you don't think about. It's good to let your body fully recover. You know. Um, no, no, of course, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. Um, so we'll come on to a bit of data now. So we're going to talk about uh, a study we've mentioned loads of times in this in this uh, recovery series, and that is the the Whopper of ninety nine study meta analysis. So this is a systematic review of meta analysis. It looks at ten different recovery um, modalities, and it basically recovers or uh, compares all of them. Sorry. So in regard to DOMS, it actually came out as joint second in effectiveness. Um, and if you remember from our previous episodes, massage was the top basically for everything in this study. Um, obviously, if you want to know reasons why that was and how we get into massage, I'll link that down in the um, the show notes. I think the, I think it is chatshitgetfit.com slash massage. Um, but it came it came joint second to that, which is pretty good. Um, and we believe that is because there's more of a physiological benefit to active recovery. Um, that's why it's why it said, which is which is why it comes on to the next one, which is perceived fatigue. It actually came out the worst out of all the recovery yeah. modalities in the study. But as we said, it's because I think with the DOMS thing, there was more of a physiological benefit to the active recovery, whereas perceived fatigue, as me and Tom spoke about off air, if you're doing more exercise after your thing, um, there's a chance you might feel more fatigued because it's still activity at the end of the day. Plus, unless we go through every single study, we don't know the, the context of their active recovery. They could have done 20 minutes max effort on the assault bike. They could have done a slow walk. We, we don't know. I mean, 
obviously we haven't got the time to go through all of them studies. Was it like um, 99 studies or something? Yeah, 99 like studies, yeah. It's quite as so hot. I ain't got time for that shit. Absolutely. We, we just looked at it from a sort of a conclusive basis of the yeah. meta-analysis and systematic review. But we understand it says that on the paper. This is why when you look at papers, you can't take it as absolute. You have to look at, you have to sort of critically think, why is it saying this? Um, and then go go from there. And I think hopefully that answers why it came out on the bottom for that one. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, massage. Go on, go on. So I was going to say very quickly, like for us to like fully understand or get a scope of things, we'd have to read every individual study within that meta analysis. I mean, kind of like what you said at the beginning there, I do have a suspicion so, you know, it's not 100% because I'd have to read that and I ain't got time to read 99 studies. I've got 99 problems, but, you know, all that. Yeah, fuck you, but he's supposed to laugh at least politely there. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, Andy would have laughed. But, yeah, I mean, um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, what the fuck was I saying? That's it. We don't know what the criteria was for active recovery in those studies. So, for some individuals, they might have been doing too much so they've been put down as active recovery but it might have been too much now at the end of the day with active recovery no matter what you're doing whether it's walking cycling or swimming or whatever muscle ups at the end of the day it is still exercise you know it is still extra stress that accumulates that you then have to recover from so you know in some of those studies it might have been something as little as six minutes of activity for others, it might be more, and we don't know the intensity they was doing it at. You know, I'm not saying that this is definite, but it is a possibility. I mean, for the normies out there, when when we talk about ex- exercise and like, yeah, what happens when we actually exercise? We have something called the stress recovery adapt cycle. So when you exercise, you create stress. You then recover, and during that recovery process, you know, you will then adapt, which is getting stronger, getting faster, getting fitter whatever but as we kind of mentioned in previous podcasts as well you know exercise is like a medicine it goes off of a particular dosage if the stress is too little not much is going to happen if the stress is too much then that's going to affect your recovery so for some people they might be doing too much in what they consider to be their active recovery which means that it's technically too much stress that's actually affecting recovery in the first place so yeah it's always kind of throw that out there yeah I'd like, I'd like to think that some of these studies, especially the way they've controlled it, is they would select studies with a, a, a relatively robust control method in that they didn't let their participants go completely fucking rogue. Um, and some of them, like half the control group does, I don't know, marathon as their active recovery, and the other half does nothing. Yeah. There'll, there'll be some sort of control group. As you said, even then, it's very hard for people to, like, unless they've got, they're monitoring all their heart rates and they're monitoring that, you know, every everything basically. It's very mm. difficult um, to look at that. But. When we when we look at active recovery as well, we're talking about there's two types as we said. You could the one you do straight after, or the one you do on your off days. Um, yeah. So this next paper we're going to look at is another systematic review here from 2018, um, and this one looked at the effectiveness of active recovery interventions on athletic performance of professional, uh, collegiate and competitive level adult athletes. So this was basically looking at straight after from. Um, what I could see and they basically came to some sort of um, conclusion um, of the six to ten minute time frame for active recovery sessions may be the best to use based on the current evidence practitioners must recognize that the outcomes of active recovery may change as an athlete reaches higher levels of athletic competition so that goes back to what Tom was saying earlier but everyone's different Um, one person's recovery will be different therefore practitioners should consider that maintenance rather than improvement of uh, physiological and performance parameters after active recovery interventions are a positive therapeutic outcome 
less or more may impact the physiological benefits of active recovery that may directly affect improved athletic performance. So what's that meaning is, is that as they grow, get to a point where you maintain it because as they're saying they're less or like if you do too much like if you get to a point where you just keep increasing their active recovery you get to a point as we said you're doing muscle ups and fucking burpee over bars and snatches to a point much. where you could you're going to then affect your athletic performance because as you said tom said you can't go through that recover adapt cycle you'll get to a point where you're trying to recover you think you're recovering but you're actually not you're just breaking you're stressing you're accumulating you're stressing too again. much stress yeah exactly um but it's quite interesting because it looks like we don't actually have to spend a lot of time then on active recovery. Mm. So we say about time was a barrier. If someone's got six minutes after a session to quickly hop onto a treadmill or hop onto a bike, yeah. they could they could get these benefits that this uh, this systematic review looked at, which is something I was when I saw this paper, I was like, wow, I didn't even know that. I, I always assumed that you need to spend like twenty minutes or something, mm. twenty minutes plus on a bike or twenty minutes walking. Or I didn't think six minutes would be enough to be honest with you. So you know that was a nice little uh, you know but, challenge my thought process there. This is a yes. good thing. This is a good thing, obviously. It's brilliant, yeah, because it reduces that barrier. six minutes is... Yeah, exactly. It's quite easy to fit in. And of course, it hasn't got to be straight after exercise. No. You could consider active recovery a six-minute little... Literally a walk around your block, you know, mm-hmm. if your block's yeah. very small, obviously. Obviously, yours sounds a lot smaller, Bill, <laughs> if you're not uh, getting that six yeah. minutes in. Yeah, if I look at... Yeah, very it's short very walk. small to camp. Yeah, yeah, very short. Uh, but, but most people, obviously, will be getting more than that because of... Um, the if they, if they do active recovery on off days the chances are you're going to go for a long run or a long walk which is fine um yeah but at, at the end of the day it is obviously going to be personal preference but as we said just ensure the key points for that really is make sure that you're not doing too much and it, it that this paper does kind of indicate uh, that you can get away with a short time which is great if you are someone who wants to recover maybe don't spend 10 minutes stretching around or foam rolling just go on the treadmill, go a light walk, or uh, if you've done if you've done more of an upper body session, maybe get on the rowing machine, do yeah. a very light row. Uh, just basically be specific with what you've been doing. Light so being the key word. <laughs> yeah, light. Yeah. Don't, don't be banned out don't those muscle ups. Of it. Um, right, we've got this. And this is the next one, which is what you alluded to earlier, Tom. This is a really interesting paper. So this this oh, paper yeah. is literally two two months old. This one, so it's uh, pretty recent. Um, and this one looks at upper body recovery by doing light resistance training after a heavy day. Mm. So. They basically, the authors hypothesized that performing the bench press with a really light load in the first two days after a damaging bench press workout would speed recovery compared to simply resting. So these guys would do, so imagine if you do like a three-day split, which is quite common, um, you do a big, big chest day. It's like, yeah, I've done a massive chest day and you'd have the next day off. But what these guys did is they got them back in the gym and they did bench they did bench again basically but a really really light load and uh, i'll come on to how basically unlike that was so i've got a couple of tables here which uh, tom shared on his instagram our gucci new show notes um so table one basically identified obviously this study will be in the show notes so you can have a little bit of a, a deeper read if you if you if you could bother but you probably listen to this podcast you don't have to do that um but we basically had two groups so we had the active recovery which is 11 subjects uh, 11 men and then we had resting which was 14 men um, the recovery outcome measures they looked at muscle soreness so soreness of the chest and triceps isometric bench press force so obtained using 50% of 1RM on the Smith machine bench press bench press throw power obtained using 50% of the 1RM on the Smith machine bench press and swelling so they used muscle uh, muscle thickness via ultrasound however I was on a note here although the bench press force and power test performed at a Smith machine the actual training protocol they went through was done using a free weight barbell bench press um that's important to note. Um, basically, 
the take the takeaway from this the takeaway from this study then basically, which is was quite interesting. The trained men who bench pressed with only ten percent, so they only did ten percent of the one RM in the two days following. This is really light, as you imagine. Um, if you imagine you're doing if you're a hundred kilo bencher, that's ten you're doing kilograms, ten kilos. That, 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 that's actually quite. You'd have to probably use dumbbells, or I mean, yeah. that's probably why they did the Smith machine. That's a really body light. pump bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, oh, with a Smith machine, this is quite common in a lot of things where it'd be like a you know like a squat. Or a, uh, a bench press. The reason why they, they actually use Smith machines quite often in studies like this. The reason why is because the Smith machine is just it goes in like a up and down pattern. It can kind of uh, make it more straightforward. So it takes away yeah, a lot of variables, such as like you know like movement in a shoulder joint, etc. So that's yeah, why the reasons yeah. why they do that. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's important they did that. Um, so basically, they they found that these people who did the the ten percent actually recovered more quickly um, than the men who rested. Uh, yeah. So I'll read out a little thing here, which is what they said. So based on the present results, there's a potential benefit to training the same exercise to recover from the exercise, but it's not overwhelming. So that's a key point there. It's not overwhelming, so don't get too excited just yet. Much of the recovery literature shows modalities don't confer a huge recovery benefit or there are uh, feasibility limitations that limit their applications. This is actually quite important for all of the recovery we spoke about. So foam rolling, for example, does have some benefit, but it does seem to be quite small. Um, Massage, well, if it's performed right after training, we discussed it can have a really good uh, benefit to alleviating soreness if done right after training. However, it can be very expensive to continually get massages. So that's straight away a barrier to most people getting that. Um, compression garments we spoke about are also benefit for, uh, beneficial for soreness uh, and may provide also a potential performance benefit, but can be cumbersome for some to wear for long periods of time. As you said, if you want to wear it overnight, it's not comfortable. If you're, uh, it's a hot day, do you really want to wear compression garments if it's 40 degrees outside? And like, you know, exactly. Get disco um, bollocks, no. Ooh. Absolutely. Um, and then we've also got, uh, due to the practical limitations of massage and compression garments, foam rolling, low-intensity walking, uh, and light training could be attractive. So basically what they're saying there is that given those limitations I mentioned there with the previous three, that doing this low-intensity training uh, and the active recovery could actually be more beneficial for you. Mm. Um, there's not much barriers to them at all. Um so basically, of the according to this study of the methods we spoke about, light training could be beneficial for recovery in the upper body. Yeah. Obviously, this obviously we could say lower body as well, but this study only looks at upper body, so we can't say we can't assume it might be <laughs> that it's going to work. Yeah. It might be different, but so that that kind of I like that that extract I just read because it kind of looks at all the recovery you spoke about, and it's basically highlighted that the other while the other ones are really good, there's a, there's clear limitations with those, whereas with light walking or doing light weights the following day because if you're already paying for a gym membership and you can if you've got the time to go into a gym again why not just go in there and you don't even need to go into a gym if your bench press for example is really light uh and your 10 percent that's really low you could do it sound at home yeah a couple of cu- couple of a couple of squash bottles or something a couple of you know maybe you could... it's a lot more accessible you know a couple of argos dumbbells etc but i mean it, obviously the key point is that it has to be very 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 low weight yeah. i mean um i mean this is actually Going back to this, like this is why the why the mistakes a lot of people make with active recovery is doing too much too soon. So one thing it is like on recovery day, say you do like a three day split, like you just said there, Bill. You know, so like three, sorry, like yeah, three full body three days a week, yeah, involving bench press. Some people on their recovery days will start banning out loads of uh you know push-ups i'm talking anecdotally from people that i've spoken to by the way i'm not making like a 
broad you know generalization that this is what people do but i have known people to do this but i'll never cover they like oh yeah then i'll just kind of like do 50 100 push-ups at total in a day it's like don't get me wrong i know a push-up is easier than a bench press but it's going to be a lot more than you know 10 percent of your one rep max Mm. yeah well, well, it's, I mean? it's definitely going to do more yeah. stress but it depends so, especially how many numbers you do as well like, yeah i mean once again it's individualized it's individualized and it depends on how much volume you equate as well but you know for a lot of people they get the wrong idea because at the end of the day like even body weight movements you know may accumulate too much stress possibly possibly once again it depends on the amount of volume you're doing you know one push-up one squat ain't gonna fuck you over but it's when people think that they have to get extra active recovery workout in by suddenly banning out 50 this, 50 that, 50 yeah. X, Y, Z. But in hindsight, I can see why this... I, I can kind of imagine these results now because, one, yeah, it's an ultra-light load, but also what are they doing? They are specifically bringing blood flow to the areas they've trained previously. Yeah, exactly. Which is that so buzz it, makes, it makes sense, doesn't it? It does make... Because the whole recovery season, if you haven't, if you haven't noticed by now, but is a blood, blood flow. Blood flow is the key blood word, flow. isn't it? Yeah. And not only that, even with DOMS as well, even with DOMS, I mean, like, uh, you know, exercise has been known to be a hypoalgic hypo l exercise might reduce pain <coughs> whoa, 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 whoa whoa are you assuming i said might exercise mate exercise might reduce pain sensitivity yeah. in people there you go. yeah you're right you know there are no absolutes only sifts deal in absolutes bill are you a Sif? I'm not. Well, I don't want to answer that because that's an absolute. That's not what those Facebook quizzes you do. <laughs> what Sif are you? <laughs> what Nosebo are you? Are you Stu McGill or are you Squat You? <laughs> oh, Stu, Stu McGill. Squat yeah. You. I'll tell gonna, you what. We're going to say um, that for the next podcast. Yeah, next podcast, guys. Spoilers. Special guest um, next uh, week. She knows. Um, I'm preparing myself. I'm already making myself look pretty. Look, I've got a... It's a, it's a, it's a red pen... It's like lipstick. Look. <laughs> what actually is that though? What have you actually got at the end of your mat? Um, oh, actually, it's lipstick. No. What have you done? It was a pen. A red pen. It's all right. It's not blood. It's a red pen. Caveat oh, on, Bill? My God. It's just a really quick I mean, way to apply rouge. All I'm going to say now is that if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, which will be linked down below, you're missing out on this because I don't even know what to describe what's going on now. Normally, Andy would be here to um, sort of laugh and take the strain off it but now i've just got to stare at tom awkwardly as he's covered in red pen after attacking himself with a vibrating whiteboard marker it's a quick way to apply rouge as i said bill rouge oh, it brings out fancy. the blush in my cheeks you see <laughs> oh dear um i'm completely lost <laughs> it, now. at um, first i'm assuming you probably thought that was loads of blood appearing and i was just self-harming on the camera no, I thought it was lipstick. You, 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 you said lipstick, so I was assuming no. it was like, it's a, God, God, you missed lipstick. Oh, for fuck's sake, it did say it's a dry wipe, but it's not coming off. Right. We're going to have to do a podcast like this, aren't we? I've got fucking work yeah. tomorrow. Look at the state of me. Like a clown. Anyway, uh, what were we even? I don't even know what we were talking about then. What did we get up to? Did we finish that study? Did we? Is that one? Is that one wrapped? A plus supplements, rice lip manner. My quick plug. I was talking about uh, that that study with ten percent bench press. Ten percent bench press. Yeah. So basically, what that that little conclusion I said at the end there, just to wrap it up a little bit, because we are, as I said, we are pretty much wrapping up the recovery series soon. Is that um, a lot of these? Even though there's a lot of state studies on these recovery methods, is that none of it is super significant. Um, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, 
a lot of this stuff is going to see more benefit at the highest levels of sport because they're the ones who need that extra percentage of recovery because they've got nutrition on point. They've got their training programming on point. They've got their sleep on point. They've got the core basics on point. Whereas when they get to that point, they've, they've, everything else is good. What do they do? They have to look for these other methods like massage, uh, phone rolling, active recovery has to become a crucial part of their training programs. Whereas for most of us who don't, uh, not at that level, who haven't got their sleep on point, who haven't got their nutrition on point. I'm sure we could all, most of us could admit that, that we're not sleeping good enough, good quality or enough. We're not eating consistently uh, well. Um, mm. You know, we're not, um, our training programs are not consistent enough, um, unless you obviously sign up to train Primal, which it will be very consistent. But most, pe- most nice people, most people, obviously, <laughs> nice plug. Most people don't follow uh, a very, they, they go online, they just do random workouts here and there. Uh, but these all things accumulate to yeah. stress and the limitation of recovery and adaptation. Um, so instead of going out and buying a massage gun or, you know, spending hours foam rolling or getting a massage, maybe look at the core things first yeah. and then spend your money. And that's basically what that paper, even though that paper was looking at, um, it was looking at the, the core principles of that RM bench press. It did actually make a nice point on, yeah. look, you need to, <laughs> you need to be realistic here, guys. Like these, the, these things aren't magical. Um, no, yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no magic bullet for recovery, I'm afraid. There is no magic bullet. We could do bullet. things that can help. We could do things that yeah. help. And that's why I think they... Even if it's placebo. <laughs> well, is that, yeah, placebo. But even if these guys, um, even these guys basically saying, look, um, to, because of the limitations with some of the other recovery methods, these, like, for example, the light walk, it's it's pretty much free, isn't it? I mean, unless you're paying for the gym, if you yeah. do it on a treadmill, you can do it outside as long as you've got, if it's safe to do so, Six you can do it outside. Six minutes, you can probably do yeah. something inside, you know. And as you as you said, Tom, you use it as a walk back from the gym. Yeah. Um, but even if you live in like a shitty area and you don't want to go out as much, you know, I think most of us, um, probably taking a big leap here by assuming, but I think most of us could simply just trot up and down the, you know, Hallway at home, you know, yeah, or yeah. a big room, go upstairs a couple of times, you've got stairs, yeah. garden. Yeah, exactly. If it's only six minutes, you know, I'm never going to suggest someone go take 10,000 steps in your own house, you know, because yeah. it's fucking tedious. But for six minutes, if that seems to be, you know, effective, you know, go for it. Go yeah, for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the key thing is, is that don't beat yourself up about it. Um, if, you, if, you, if you miss out on some of these recovery methods we spoke about is that, at the end of the day, if you're going to get DOMS, the chances are you're going to get DOMS. I'll be honest. Like if you if you do something your body's not used to, if you change your volume, you change your mm. a movement you've never done before, you jump onto a new program or something, for example, the chances are you might feel DOMS because your body has not adapted to that to that stimulus. Do you know what? That's a really good point as well, then, mate. Because uh, so what you just said there, so DOMS tends to occur when we do something we're not used to, whether it be extra sets, extra you know, extra volume in general, or we've raised intensity, but also if we've done a new movement or a new exercise we're not used to. So one common thing that I've heard from clients in the past that have gone to use swimming for their recovery. So this uh-huh. is where they, they've never been used to swimming that often, or they've you know they've done swimming of course, but it's not a part of their constant routine. But then they start training and then they go and have a swim the next day. But because so this is something that's happened amongst my clients, they've it makes not sense, been you know, because yeah. they've gone swimming the next day and they've actually made it worse because they're not you know, they're not used people, to doing that breaststroke movement for like people a, don't realise how actually yeah. hard swimming is on your body. Yeah. Like but the reason is that all over the internet you're always told it's low impact, it's great for recovery, but it's good for recovery. If you do if, it regularly. Yeah, if you do it regularly. <laughs> that's, that's not me no spam people saying don't do it, but I'm just saying yeah, at yeah. first you might need to kind of get used to actually swimming. Do you know what I mean? Because at first it's probably just going to accumulate stress. If you want to go swimming, go swimming 100%. But at first, 
it might not give you that recovery yeah. benefit as much as you expect straight away. Mm-hmm. I could be totally yeah. wrong, but that's from my anecdotal experience from previous clients that have gone, you know, swimming the next day. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. It lines up with what we spoke about before, but if you do something different, the It'd be the same with like, a bike, <laughs> a bike as well. Yeah. If yeah, I suddenly really, stuck yeah. someone on a fucking, you know, 30-minute bike ride and they've never cycled this, this, in their this life. This is why, in my in my sort of, um, in my opinion, I would always recommend first walking because walking we is what we're all used to. Well, we're, most of us walk. No, well, most, yeah, most of us walk. So there's no there's no need for that adaptation because most of us walk around the house. We walk around for our lives. So it's not like it's a new thing. So that's an can, easily scalable yeah, intensity absolutely. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's always the best one to go to. But obviously, we know athletes. As you go higher up, you, you know you're gonna you're gonna go to different stuff, aren't you? You're gonna get in the pool. Yeah. Um, you're gonna get on a bike. Uh, but yeah, basically that that. Have you got Have you got anything else to add on active recovery? I think we've. Pretty, well, I mean, we spoke about it a lot on other episodes as yeah. well. But I mean, I no, I mean, just that is that is probably your best ban for your buck. Uh, not only that, not even from a cup. Like if you go to the gym three, four, five days a week, you know, let's say that your even if your your objective is something like weight loss or just healthy behaviours in general, despite weight loss, you just want to remain active you're still exercising by getting that activity in, you know, an active recovery. Obviously, if you're going more for something like weight loss or the overall health benefits, and obviously you want to kind of up up to something like 20 minutes a day rather than the six minutes, obviously that's moving away from active recovery, but it is still active recovery. Just because we're saying six minutes seems to be a nice little spot for some people in some studies we've read doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you must stick to sometimes it doesn't hurt doing more but of course it depends on you if you're an extremely sedentary individual um you know then 20 minutes might be too much for you but um yeah i mean it can still count your excess overall exercise at the end of the day and your overall calorie expenditure if your goal is also something like weight loss yeah so yeah, I mean, active recovery is probably the most simplest thing to do. It's the most cost-effective thing to do. And the other thing is, it's not a, it's not like a, because it's because you're on the move and it is exercise. It might help with your perception of DOMS. It might help mm. with your perception of DOMS because as well, I mentioned that pa- before, I mean that that paper, the first one, you know that that uh, Whopper. 10 uh, that matter analysis in the 99 studies that it did show a good result in doms um which which lines up with what you're saying there I would, you know what i'd like to have heard from i mean andy mentioned a couple of weeks ago and we obviously said we could do this podcast he said he, he said he doesn't like it he's not a fan is he mm. so it'd be interesting to hear what i i think what that comes from is what we i said at the start you know because obviously uh he's into his crossfit obviously i'm into my crossfit um you see it a lot with people like taking the piss of it mm. um and i feel like you see athletes post athlete. This is this is what this is what I need to be really important with. The, the, when I say the word athlete, take note. The, when I say athletes are doing things online, but remember they are athletes. So if their their active recovery might be different. So if what you see of them doing, the problem is everyone wants to be an athlete. It like secretly wants to be like their fucking. They look at these people and think, oh, they're so fit, they're so inspirational. I want to be like them. But remember, you might just be. Joe Bloggs, who you know, yeah, happens to work work a nine to five in a job in X Y Z, and you, you know they they do it full time, so their active recovery might look very different. Obviously, some of them might be doing it wrong as well. I mean, just because they're an athlete doesn't mean they're doing anything right. Um, they, their, they, they can their make mistakes. Act, their active recovery might look like your workout <laughs> because it's such a low stress for them. Obviously, not literally. Don't you know? Take that to heart. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and we we've said before. Athletes aren't perfect. I mean, look at Michael Phelps. Uh, 
huge Olympian. He's, he's the most decorated Olympian in, in Olympic history, and he's, he he loves cupping. I'm assuming <laughs> he could do active recovery swimming. I would hope so, Tom. I mean, since he, he is doms a, after it, I'd be, yeah, a bit... I'd be very surprised if you know a little uh, twenty-minute slight breaststroke to him was too much. I'd be very surprised, mm. mate. But yeah, I mean, you know, athletes don't escape bullshittery at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, um, so be be careful what you see. Is all I'd say. Um, mm. Play it, play it safe. I'd say keep it, keep it simple to walk in. Walking is the best active recovery you could probably do. It's so simple, if you, especially if, you, if you've got a pet as well, like a dog. You hit, two, you know, hit two birds with one stone, there, aren't you? Yeah. If you've <laughs> got a ten dog. kg dog, you can start benching them. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Exactly. Happy days. They might not like it. Win win. They might not like it. You know, yeah. a couple of kettlebell swings with your cat. There you go. Bish bash bosh. I feel like we've uh, we've wrapped it up there pretty well. Obviously, this is a little bit a bit shorter today um, because there's just mm. two of us. Uh, as I and said, also because I've brained coming. myself, I'm in trouble. I'm afraid <laughs> to actually... go asleep. <laughs> 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 just a fucking recoil of it. It actually sent me halfway across the room. Why is it? Was well, it your fault for buying a fucking percussion gun from Wish? It, it wasn't from Wish. It was from a nice Chinese seller on eBay. And uh, so Wish, you know, I. I am a bit worried because a lot of the instructions, you know, aren't in English either. You've got to stop buying stuff and wish you. you are. It's very loud as well, even on like the lower setting. It's like... that is quite all I'm hearing. All I'm hearing is static. Oh, it is loud. I can guarantee you it's loud and it's red and it's angry. You have to do it to the maximum volume in order to turn it off, which is also worrying. But yeah, active recovery, you know, you could do it straight after your session if you want to you could do it later on in the day you know you could do it hours later you know you could do it on your day off which is what i would recommend yeah and it's usually extremely convenient to do as well because if six minutes shows a benefit it's something you can even do in your household hopefully as long as you ain't got kids grabbing onto your legs oh imagine having a kid cringe i've got two i love them i love kids Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you've got any um, kids, if you've got any more questions on on recovery. If you've got any kids, yeah, if, you, if, you've got, if, you've got, if you've got any questions on recovery um, or anything we spoke about across this series, um, don't ask me because get- I plan on being in a coma. <laughs> please get in touch, as Tom just said. Probably don't get in touch with Tom because um, he probably won't answer. But no, get in touch, see what we can do. Um, as you said, it's really it's really important that. At, all I'll emphasize is the core principles. Make sure you've got the core, the basics done right first before you look at all of the stuff we've mentioned in the series. Obviously, apart from sleep, the sleep episode was really good. I'll take that on board. But a lot of the modalities we spoke about, they are, or it's, it reminds me of the supplement industry. Supplements are good, but they shouldn't be the first thing you go for. You should go for, you should sort your diet out first before Tip of you the iceberg. Yeah. Same with these recovery methods. You start with the basics and then you add these things on one by one as you grow, as you develop, as you want to peak higher and higher. And that's that's how it should be. I mean, is it, are we pretty much wrapping recovery up with this episode? Well, we've got one more with the, with the sort of a finale with that guest on um, who's going to take oh, okay, us through how yeah. he's recovered from his um, recovered from his medical uh, stuff. But that, okay, that's obviously not, that's more of a story. In a, that's kind of just a good way to wrap up. This is basically us wrapping yeah. up the modalities, I think. Yeah. I mean, one thing I would say is something I've kind of alluded to in the past episodes on recovery and that is, you know, one of the first, the main things you should be looking at if you're training consistently is actually your load management. Because if you want to recover properly, you you want to make sure you're dosing yourself properly from the get-go. You're going to slip up every now and again. But if you're finding that you're just fatigued all the time, then it might be a load management issue. You might be doing too much too soon. 
So that even even just moving away from recovery, I'm talking about training in general. You know, if you're if you're working with an inappropriate load, whether that load be the actual literal load, such as the weight you're using, the sets you're doing, the reps, the RPE, you know, you might be doing too much too soon. So that'd be one of the main things to look at. Am I doing too much too soon? Have I been feeling like absolute dog shit for the past two weeks with no sign of improvement in my symptoms of fatigue? Then that's where it's time to look at load. But still do things like active recovery, etc. of course. And I think that's why it's really important, e- even if it's only for like a month or something. I think a lot of people, especially if they're new to fitness, to get help from like a PT or something. Um, obviously, there's another, another shameless plug there down in the show notes. You can you could work with uh, one, one of our team with that. But I think, as Tom said, load management is on your own. It could be quite daunting. It could be quite confusing because you, you might feel in yourself, I feel quite good. I can go for seven days a week. I could do all this. All, but physiologically you're going to do a lot more more harm than good it might be just the excitement of getting into the gym which is causing you to do more than you should be so getting some help can sometimes alleviate that and the initial sort of speed bumps and so to speak so there's a difference between exercise and training if you're serious Mm. about your training you want to look into some form of periodization which i know that you know bill and co do at train primal if you're just trying to kind of like do it intuitively so not auto-regulating because that is something we do you know agree with but if you're just kind of like constantly trying to go harder than last time like that fucking cunt Greg Doucette says eventually you're going to end up spinning your wheels you know you may even injure yourself at the end of the day because at the end of the day injury is linked to fatigue speaking of fucking Greg uh, Greg Doucette have you seen him he's, he's pissed off the vegan community as well have you seen it oh he pisses off everyone Mate, it's been like it's, it's, been, it's been kicking off on videos. But what, what's he been saying? He was um, he came out with a video first, something like um, I eat animals or something, but I do not abuse animals or something like that. And then obviously, some of the vegan extremists kicked off a bit at him, and then they had a back and forth, mate. And he just, you know, you know the way he is. Yes, I do. He, basically, <laughs> it, it, they were having a go at him, said he can't take it. So it, it just made me laugh because it was like he was giving out, he gives out shit to loads of people. He always says, "Oh, these idiots, these fucking morons." And then someone had a go at him, and he didn't like it, and he obviously got throw his toys out the prime, and it was quite entertaining to him. Honest to God, unfold. how anyone, how anyone can stomach listening to him for more than 30 seconds yeah. needs their fucking head checked because for one his actual voice it sounds like he's talking with his fucking balls in a vice and two he's just a fucking normie with a massive platform Got a you know fucking followers imagine being in this game for this long and you're still telling people you need to work harder than last time as if it's fucking linear you know, as if RPE is always going to kind of just be the same as your fucking load goes up. Oh, reject normism, ladies and gents. Embrace chat shit, get fit. Embrace TB, tuberculosis. Full Embrace circle that one. BT, British Telegram. British Telegram. <laughs> I think TB has a better ring to it. It does have a better ring to it, although it is very it um, serious. But um... It is serious. Um, you know, if you... I don't even know how to begin apologising to anyone that might have TB, mate. Has it been eradicated yet? Has TB been eradicated? Alexa! Oh, fuck, my internet has uh, not been reset properly, has it? So she's not linked on there. Right, Alan, one second. Has TB been eradicated? In the UK. Fuck everywhere else. (laughs) Okay, okay. Right, about 150 years ago. All right, fantastic. Good stuff. We end on the last note. We did it, boys. We did we did just it. get through an entire episode about offending too many people? I think we only offended about three, two or three. What are we going to offend? Badgers? It don't matter. TB is gone now. No, but we offended the Christians at the start, didn't we? Unfortunately. 
Well, you yeah. did, not me. You did, in a, in a way. You egged me on. You egged me I on. Egged you? I didn't say anything. <laughs> well, listen, I'm a Roman Catholic anyway, so you know, whatever, I'm going to hell, so... Oh, that, that, that explains a lot. Well, <laughs> it does. Oh, oh God, dear. I've got a headache. Fuck. Right. Um, <laughs> it's been a, a pleasure as always, Tom, and um, I'll speak to you and our special guest next week so uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast already make sure you do because you do not want to miss out on the next few episodes we've got some really exciting guests on and um yeah we're going to keep powering on we've lost we've lost a host but we are going to keep powering and doing a lot of amazing things on this uh this podcast until my contract's up see you all next time as always thanks for listening although we said this is kind of the last recovery episode as with all of our series if you've got a topic you want us to discuss so in this case another recovery modality then please get in touch and we can always get it added on to help you out so i've got two calls to actions today um, to round out this week which is incredibly bad practice in the world of podcasting but they are both great things so first up if you want to support the podcast directly and get hold of some uh, great powerful coffee the best way to do so right now is to head to cannibalcoffee.co.uk and at checkout use code primal10 and that's numericals uh, and you will receive a 10% discount and then we get a little something which helps towards the podcast's running costs uh, all the details will be down below Secondly, I did mention Train Primal at the start. So yeah, we've got loads of exciting stuff going on, especially in regards to our one-to-one coaching service. So if you want to, you know, really take action and essentially, you know, skyrocket your results, you can do that by working with one of our one-to-one specialists who will basically expertly guide you through your entire health and fitness journey. So it's basically having us in your pocket. Um, If you're a regular here, you would have heard last week's podcast with Sarah and she is in fact one of our specialists. And next week we've got Hannah on who's also on the team now as another specialist. So these guys are really incredible and it's going to be awesome so you can hear their story and what they're all about and then decide if you want to work with them on a one-to-one basis. So we will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon. (laughs) 